When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Bengals and Brews. Today I am going to be joined by Ace Boogie, also aka at New Stripe City on Twitter, um, co host of Cincinnati Pod, AFC North, and also has the New Stripe City clothing line at newstripecity.com. Make sure you check all of that stuff out. How are we doing today, Ace? Man, I appreciate that. I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. We're 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 week off of uh, the first round. Dax Hill pick. Excited about that. Still, um, wanted to have you on and first talk a little bit about the most recent news being our schedule, partial schedule release. Not really anything for the Bengals, but a lack of anything for the Bengals, which to me is good news because I wanted Joe and Jamar to get to play in New Orleans. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, bro, I was right there with you uh, when they first talked about the schedule and said that we were playing the Saints. That's immediately where my mind went. Uh, those guys going home, playing in New Orleans, kind of a homecoming. It will be a really interesting atmosphere, right? Like, are people going to wear Saints jerseys? Are they going to wear LSU jerseys? Are they going to be wearing Bengals jerseys? So I think it's only right that that game happened in the U.S., in the Superdome in Louisiana. I think that was the only option. Yeah, and even I had some people that are like UK fan, you know, our, our friends from over the pond that were like, you know, I, I'm 36-year fan, one guy said, and he's like, I've seen him play once or twice, but, you know, he was like, he understood. He was like, I wanted that one. He said, I can wait a little longer. He said, those boys. Yeah, it does suck for back. those over there yeah. because, like you said, we have a ton of fans all across the world. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, there's Bengals fans over here in the U.S., and, like, we're worldwide, like India, U.K., uh, Mexico. So like we're all over the place. So it does suck for those guys out there that they don't get to see them. Uh, but the invitation is open for them to come over here. So guys sure. in the UK, you're definitely welcome to take a trip to the Natty, come over um, and enjoy some Bengals football. Absolutely. No, nothing more exciting really than going to a Bengals game. And, and I think they would probably love it even more. I'm sure they love just getting the games in general, but if they go to a game in the jungle, Oh man, there's nothing like it. Yeah, you gotta hit the the tailgate, the uh, Bengal gym. You just gotta get the whole experience. Not saying that it isn't fun over there as well, but I think we know like whenever you find a Bengals fan, it's just like family. And if they do come over here, that is the experience that I feel like they would never forget. Yeah, and that's what I love, honestly, man. This was my first year having season tickets. Me and Derek didn't even know each other. I didn't know Strawberry. I didn't know. You know, I don't know hardly anybody that now I'm like considered really close friends. You just meet people, you start talking to them. It's like, 
we're one big family for real. Facts, facts. I mean, me and Zim, we talk like almost every other day or if not every day. Uh, so like you said, it just brings in that brotherhood for sure. Yeah. Uh, same with Derek, uh, Orange Arrow co-host who had to go to work. He's got the weird, he'll, he'll work all night. Like he's headed to work now and he'll work all night. So that's why we're like, we try to do Saturdays, but we also got to accommodate everybody else. So, and, and we've done that a few times and it is Mother's Day weekend. And I didn't even think of that. Like, so that's no. not bad on that. Um, no, all good. You guys were very professional. We scheduled it way out. I didn't even realize it was Mother's Day, so no yeah. problem at all. That kind of crept up on us with the draft so close, I think. Yeah, facts, facts. Um, so with the schedule, how many primetime games do you think we'll have and uh, maybe which ones? I got kind of the schedule in front of me. I'm going to probably say there's about four of them. You have to make one of – the divisional games, I think even possibly two of them could be a primetime game. I I'd think the Ravens, one of, the Ravens, the Ravens matchup, I agree with you. That one would have to be one. Watson, I don't think that they would risk putting him on national television right now. Um, yeah, otherwise, I, w- I would yeah. say that one. But right now, it's, it's risky with the perception and everything. So I doubt that it's that one. Uh, but when you look at the rest of the schedule, I mean, Tom Brady versus Joe Burrow, that just screams primetime to me. You got to have that as a primetime game, which I'll be at uh, hopefully in attendance here down in Florida. And then you have to look at some of the other matchups, the Bills game. You would have to think that that would have to be up there. So I think there's a chance that they at least have four. So so do you live in Florida, Ace? Yes. So currently, originally I grew up in Cincinnati. I lived in Cincinnati for a long time, all the way almost until high school. I spent some part of my childhood in California, but I was born in Cincinnati. I was there. I actually went to AWL. Uh, That's how long ago (laughs) I lived in Cincinnati. I was at Academy of World Languages. uh, And then my parents uh, ended up getting a divorce and my mom went out to Cali. But throughout the summer, I would still uh, be in Cincinnati. And then they got back together. We moved back to Cincinnati in like the early, probably around 2000. Um, and then from there all the way until 2006, I was there. Then I came down to Florida for school uh, and I essentially ended up staying here. So I am originally from Cincinnati, but I currently live in Florida. Yeah, That's uh, you guys, you guys on your show, you need to have my boy Angelo Dawkins on sometime. For sure. And the street sure. profits. He's down there in Florida as well. He lives in around. Yeah, the there are a lot of yeah. Bengals fans in Florida. Well, like, I believe it or not. Bengals Whitney. I mean, we got Hootay Baby, <laughs> like uh, Jer Bear. There's just tons of them. So I'd say that Buccaneers game is going to be a, a fun one. Oh, yeah. It's going to be crazy. See, that's, I got my eye out on the schedule for that. And then obviously, New Orleans game would be a phenomenal road game to go to. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I've got my eyes on that one as well. Just got to get permission from the wife. If, if she check, <laughs> gives me the green light, I'm in there for sure. I have to take my wife with me. See, she, she goes with me to all the, the home games. So. <laughs> I can't see her let me go to New Orleans without her. She'd be like, nah. Oh, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I could see that Division One uh, Buffalo game, like, that's one as far as our home game goes that I could see being in prime time as well. I mean, the Josh Allen, we were that close to having that as the AFC championship game. And then you got Facts. the Chiefs who we did play in the AFC championship game. I could see that being another one. I've even heard, I don't know, a couple things. You know how Twitter is, you hear stuff all the time, but um, right. that we could maybe open with the Chiefs on like a Sunday night game or something. Some people just kind of getting that feeling with, you know, the way. Yeah, you could definitely see that because I I think I remember 
when Cleveland and uh, Kansas City had that real tough shootout where Chad Henny thing, Henny thing is possible. Henny uh, came out there with the victory. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the next season they opened up against them. So I could see something similar happening with the Bengals and the Chiefs. That would be that'd be a good game. I'm ready to see that as well. I would like to get the three-peat against them as well. And then that's home. So I know – see, there for a while the Bengals never opened at home. But the last couple of years, they've had some home openers. So I could see, especially with the way the Reds are playing, that it's just like we don't even care what's going on. Maybe <laughs> if the Reds have a game, they're like, we'll still open. Maybe right. someone will come to the stadium. But, I agree uh, with you, definitely. Some road games I could see also, like you mentioned Tampa Bay. Um, the Saints win, obviously, because we've kind of talked about that with uh, Joe and Jamar you know, going there. I could see that one. And then my other one would be Dallas. Dallas. That's a that's a good one too because the Cowboys are always going to be a draw. Cowboys plus Joe Burrow, yeah, yeah. Jamar Chase too, yeah. You gotta, you kind of gotta show that one on TV. I'm just trying to. Game. I really feel like they should have like five or six, but I'm just tempering my expectations because I'm going to be super pissed if they only get like three or something like that. I'm going to be like, well, in what I'm gonna world? Be torn. I'm going to be torn as a season ticket holder because like my, my job's a Monday through Friday. Uh, that's going to kill me. Definitely. taking a lot. Hey, I got days to take though. So I'm not too worried about it, but still it's a whole, th- you know, then the wife uh, works through the week too. So I'm like, man, that's the only thing. But, you know, there's nothing like a primetime game. And the Bengals, they've really stepped their game up. Like, you guys were all at the Jags game, right? Yeah, it was a ton of people out there. It was me, Zim, uh, Yaz was out there, Joe Goodberry, uh, Jake Lisko, Malik Wright. Like, literally the whole gang. Uh, Blake Jewell. And if, if I forgot anyone, sorry, but there were so many of us out there. Uh, I was we had a great time. Some people, me and my wife, it was one of those things. We got off work. We were literally... We made it there like around kickoff or we might have even been a few minutes late. So that was one of the, the night games kind of kill us, but um, I was hoping to meet everybody, but it's just the whole stadium experience that they've done. Like they didn't do all those lights and all that stuff in the past and they've really stepped everything up and I appreciate that so much. Oh yeah. You have to give uh, and tip your hat off just to the organization, like everybody in the media department, everybody that just makes everything go. Like they've just really done a a admirable job with not only the revamp of the roster, but just the organization in general. Yeah. And it's like, that was coming up. And as we're getting Joe Burrow, like everything's just kind of worked out. It's like, it's meant to be. So I'm ready for another Super Bowl run. Oh yeah. I'm ready for one as well, bro. I'm hoping that um, we have one, like right around the corner, honestly, um, especially looking at this roster and what they did in the offseason through free agency, through the draft. I really literally was playing Madden with my son uh, the other the other day. And this was after Dax Hill. This wasn't even after we drafted all of the other guys. And I was just looking at it. And this was our Super Bowl team. And I'm like, we're much better than this team. Like it's, it's kind of insane the line. <laughs> to look at it and be like, man, the line, like you said, Hayden Hurst, like he's going to bring another dimension, like just the death behind guys. It's just like, and we added Dax Hill and all of these other guys to that. Like, Oh, and, and we're still not even done yet possibly. Oh yeah. Sign me up for that. Yeah. When they ended up getting that Collins deal done, I was so hyped because I was happy with, you know, Kappa and uh, Karis alone, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're being, they're hitting the interior O-line head on. 
But then it's like, you really want to set over the top, go get you that right tackle, solidify that yes. position. When when that finally got done, because, man, I, I was starting to get worried finally there toward the end. I'm like, uh-oh, is he left town? Don't let him leave town, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, me and Zim, we were using our back alley channels and stuff like that. And we always were kind of confident just from talking to people that were close to the situation that were aware, like we knew that he hadn't left Cincinnati. And so we were like, you know, we knew that he wasn't leaving potentially into the morning. And we figured, all right, like he wants to be here. They just have to get it done. You know, essentially, that's what happened. So yeah. I just kind of chilled out. I remember that being a weekend I was out with the family, and I remember seeing everyone melting down on Twitter. And in my head, I was just like, guys, relax. We're okay. Yeah. It's all good. But yeah. it was definitely an exciting time. And I think the fans being so excited, it was definitely a factor in what sold him on the city for sure. I mean, the whole mall thing, like, you just don't – I don't see this from – but I don't follow other fan bases. Maybe it does happen, but I don't. Our family nah, family. I don't think there's I don't I don't think like and I've lived in Florida, I've been different places. I have never seen I feel like diehards like Cincinnati Bengals fans. Yeah. Like we just connect off of any kind of news, like anything that's out there, like we Bengals just move Twitter a little differently. For sure. <laughs> all, the, all the uh the everybody posting Lyle Collins at their house. He's here, he's there. <laughs> Male lady, you know, was he was on the route with her. Like, oh man, that stuff's hilarious. Um, yeah, that was that was classic for sure. <laughs> but uh, let's get into the draft a little bit. So uh, I know you guys have covered it on your show, and we've covered it on ours. People might be getting sick of hearing about it a little bit, but you know, it's a small class, so it's easy to kind of go through it pretty quick. That's still pick thirty-one. Loved it. Best on the board. Little sad, Karloftis. That was kind of like. I didn't let myself get my hopes up till about three days before. And I'm like, man, that's a top 15, top 20 dude all day, every day. I'm like, so if he slides to 31, I'm running that card up. And then I hear Lapham talking about it the night before on top of me already being excited about it. And I'm like, uh-oh, it might happen. So, but I had Dax Hill as really my best available player that the Bengals would have taken. I had like the Kobe Dean injuries, Andrew Booth injuries, and then Malik Willis, who's a quarterback. Right. Yeah, I mean, to me, Dax Hill made perfect sense. Uh, I had my prime system that is basically based off of trends that the Bengals have done, and it gives them a rating out of five, and Dax Hill was the top guy. So it made a lot of sense. Uh, they like guys that are versatile, um, not only just corners, but just guys in general. Like, And it's funny because I knew that just from studying the data, but then Duke Tobin like, said that. He was like, you know, also with offensive linemen. And uh, those are just things that they just really value. And then they also value guys that come out of big programs. Dax, I think, fits the mold in a number of ways, right? He can still get on the field in various ways this season. He can also be potentially an insurance plan for if one of those safeties don't come back. So I thought Dax Hill was definitely a knockout of the park. But I was with you. Like George Karloftis, believe it or not, was actually number one on the prime board before they took him. Trent McDuffie was another guy that ended up going. Oh, yeah. And they both of those guys Damn went to Chiefs. the Chiefs, right? I feel like the Chiefs <laughs> yeah. tried to stick it to us, honestly, uh, with both of those guys thinking that we were going to take them. And some other guys in the draft as well, I feel like the Chiefs kind of tried to stick it to us. But – I think at the end of the day, for you to get Dax Hill, a guy that could potentially be the best safety out of this draft, because I definitely feel like he's way better in coverage uh, than Kyle Hamilton for sure and can do more things than him. So to get a guy that's a starter at 31 and generally a location where you're really just filling depth and stuff like that, like that was a slam dunk. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And it, it's not just even us that kind of feel like Dax might be, you know, the number one safety. I heard guys like Daniel Jeremiah and them talking about that, like, a few weeks before the draft. You know, they're like, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes ahead of them. Like, a lot of – and those guys are plugged in with teams. So, there's a lot of teams that felt the same way, you know. And we saw, you know, Hamilton slide to 14. And I, I'm honestly surprised Dax slid to 31. But, hey, his slide is our gain, so we'll take that and run with it. We got a heck of a player, and like a, he's going to make an impact day one. His ability to tackle and blitz really, like we we were talking about this morning, like him and Mike Hilton. What are you going to do when they're out there on the field together? Right, right. You just don't know what's going to happen. Like you don't know whether Mike is blitzing. You don't know whether Dax is blitzing. You don't know like which guy is going to blitz. So you don't know which guy you want to actually put on them on offense. Like if you do want to try to take advantage of Mike Hilton's height or something like that, you don't even know if that's happening or they could switch Dax over there. So there's just so many things that they could do to really disguise what coverage they're in, what's actually happening. And they're never really going to be in a position of weakness, right? Like that's generally what offenses try to do. They try to find a mismatch somewhere and you're not really going to find that with all of these corners and safeties, DBs on the field. Like good luck, good luck finding a mismatch and good luck with the linebackers too. Cause yeah. Logan Wilson and uh, Pratt are not slouches in coverage as we saw in the Super Bowl. That's all I was going to say. Drop them both. They both fake a blitz, drop them both. Then you bring Von Bell even or Logan Wilson or Jermaine Pratt. I mean, there's so many options. And I do like the way they have they went to, you know, more two linebackers, athletic linebackers. It's a passing le- – look at the quarterbacks. Everybody's like, oh, the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks. We're staying a step ahead in this draft, in my opinion, by what we did, getting guys like Dax Hill, Tyson Anderson, Cam Taylor, Britt. Like, we're staying a step ahead of, of all of that. Like, hey, go get your weapons. And the Chiefs lock, lost Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they had a great draft, but they've lost some – they lost a phenomenal wide receiver. That's very so, true. And like you said, I think the Bengals are ahead of the curve, right? Like, this strategy, I think, is something that we've seen no one really do before. To my knowledge, I've never heard of anyone taking a bunch of safeties and corners when they already had some solid ones in front of them. So I think, like you said – They are doing something that could potentially set a trend with all of these teams going out and getting receivers and quarterbacks. What's the best way to counter that? Go get some cover guys. Go get some guys that you can mix up coverages with. Uh, Go get some guys that are athletic and fast. Go get some guys that are tall. Like we can throw any type of corner at you. And that was one of the strengths of this defense last year. Now they've actually added in the talent and potential Uh, of those guys that are in the reserve room. So I think that they're actually doing something that's really, like you said, forward thinking for sure. Yeah, I love it. And uh, we'll just kind of continue with that with Cam Taylor Britt, you know, another versatile piece. And I think the thing I liked about that pick the most was just how excited he seemed to be like, he's so ready to go. And that's a guy who's going to come in and compete his ass off. So I I don't know. What's your thoughts on uh, CBT? So to be honest with you, I had heard the name a ton um, and he was a guy where it was either guys that knew of him were like really in on him or you just wouldn't hear the name. Like it just depended, depended on which publication or which person you were listening to. And I always kind of kept my eye on him because there was a another uh, website that I follow, SIS Sports, uh, that was pretty high on him. Right. And After that, I was like, all right, well, I like the pick. Let me look more into this guy because I know that he fits certain traits that they were looking for. 
Uh, but I had to get more of a film analysis of him, right? And so the first tape I believe that I put on of him, which was a cut up of him versus Ohio State, right? We both know that Garrett Wilson and uh, the Olave and the receivers that Ohio State puts out are not a joke, right? But I wanted to look at him versus a team like that. And they literally didn't target the guy, which I do cut the tape on all the time. I use the play corner myself. I know that if no one is targeting you, there is a reason why they are not targeting you. There's a reason why they are going away from you. And for that to be the first tape that I saw, I was very impressed. Uh, I know that the only flaws I believe, and I say quote unquote flaws, because that's in the eye of the beholder, whoever is breaking the film down. Uh, they talked about the double move potentially being an issue, but I just don't see uh, him. He'll get his eyes kind of on the quarterback. and Right. A little too much. That's what I kind of seen too. But right, and I trust our coaches. <laughs> yeah, I think our coaches that can be coached, right? And like yeah. in certain instances, if you're playing zone, if you're playing like a cover three, all you got to do is drop back and make sure nobody gets behind you, right? And you are gonna have your eyes on the quarterback, just watching where he's going with the ball. So I don't think it's a situation where Cam Taylor Britt is gonna have any issues there. I think that this guy, like you said. The biggest thing about playing corner is really that confidence. You know, you have to be confident in your abilities. You have to have a short-term memory because you're going to get beat. There's going to be times that you're going to get beat, but it's how you come back from that, and it's how many wins that you get. And I think Cam Taylor Britt is going to get more wins than losses at the position. Yeah, and even with that as a, as a weakness, like where he can kind of get caught staring at the quarterback too long, he has phenomenal closing speed and makeup speed and his long speed of being, you know, a 4-3 guy. So, I mean, even his little knocks are, are not that knock. So I think he's a very coachable player. Another captain that's – we see that continue to be a theme, building the culture. Um, uh, so that kind of takes us into Carter. Do you got a little more time? I know I said 20 minutes. Yeah, no, nah, you're good, bro. Uh, Carter was my favorite pick of the draft. Like, I was talking about Carter, actually. I learned about him because I was doing prime and all of these calculations and uh, finally got to the part where I calculated the top three tech, right? Because that was obviously a position to need for this team. I uh, learned about the five tech role. So, like, the funny thing is B.J. Hill – it seems would actually be our three tech. We actually needed a five tech, which is what he did, which was kind of backing up Larry Ogunjobi last year. Right. So that's where Zach Carter, I believe just from my opinion will play. He could play either one. Uh, but I think Zach Carter, bro, is just, that was the guy I couldn't believe Bengals Twitter was like kind of killing. And I think that it was really based on solely one of the experts in the draft, giving him like a fifth or sixth round pick. Right. I collect data from a lot of sources, bro. NFL.com, all of it. They all had him as a fourth round pick. So to take a guy when you're picking in the third, and I, I said this on our show, all of our picks were really in the next round. The first was in the second, the third was in the fourth, the fifth, and so on and so forth. So to me, it wasn't really a reach. Like, okay, if I pick, if we go two more picks, we're in the fourth round. If this guy was supposed to go there, all right. But the thing that really stuck out, out uh, about him to me was when I was putting in the data for like the production, the sack numbers for all of the guys that were supposed to be three takes, those sack numbers were not good, bro. Like there wasn't a lot of consistency uh, between anybody. So he stuck out when I saw his sack numbers, I'm like, all right, well, who is yeah. this guy? Then I see that he plays in the sec. And as soon as I finished that calculation and he was like far, far and away, the best fit for the Bengals based off of what they did, I turned on the tape. And I was like, whoa, this dude is a mod. Like I was, I literally 
tweeted uh, about him, and I think Matt Minnick said something, and I was like, bro, if we end up with this guy, like I didn't even want to jinx, jinx it. If we end up with this guy, I am all in because I had heard about Perion. I had obviously heard about uh, the guy out of Georgia as well, and I was just like, this dude is it, bro. Like I was watching him on that film, and I was just like, this dude can play inside, outside. Like He just looked to me to be a monster, and then I see – I believe Matt Minnick come out with his video against Evan Neal where he just embarrassed that guy. And I just can't see why so many people were just like, oh, he's just not good. Like to get sacks and to get pressure is just a thing that not everyone can do. And when you really look at I went back to SIS and I looked at like the pressure rate. I looked at guys that, you know, drew the most holds. I looked at guys that got the quickest pressure. He's like in all of those categories. Yeah. And so like over guys that were taking over him. So I really think that this guy is going to really shock a lot of people. Um, and then they'll come around and be like, man, this guy's a dog. But I love the potential of him. He was actually my favorite pick of the draft for sure. It took me less than 24 hours to turn my thoughts around because, like, I was live on with Iceman, like, when the pick came in. And I just shut the computer down because I was all in on Winfrey, like, because, you know, I'm like, but I I shut it down. I got off there. I laughed. I was going to get off there anyways. But so I wasn't really mad. I was, like, messing with him more than anything. But I was like, you know, I don't want to say anything right now. You know, I want to do a little more research. I had him ranked. My I I still had him fourth round, but I had him ranked as a defensive end. Like right. in his production scores and his relative athletic scores and stuff when you plug him in as a defensive end. So that that's my – but when you put him at three-tech and you watch him when he slid inside and played three-tech, it's like this dude's a freaking monster. Yeah, so for me – It took for me, me less than 24 hours to change my mind and be like, <laughs> holy shit, we got to – I think we got to steal with that guy too. No, I, I don't blame you, bro, because everything we heard about – was about Perion Winfrey and all of that. And for me, until I actually put in like the sack numbers, I had the same kind of thoughts as everybody else. It was like, all right, yeah, Devontae Wyatt, Perion Winfrey, like who else? Like we got to get three tech early. And then when I came across him, I'm like, how is this? What? Hidden gem, man. Hidden gem. Like, and he does, he stands out completely. Like when you put him as a, as a defensive tackle, it's like, Oh yeah, you all really Yeah, like us? the Just only like guy I, eight and a half sacks last season. The only guy I saw that came uh, that outproduced him um slightly was Lil. And I and I liked Lil, but, but Lil too. also had some some off the field issues and, and character concerns. And he wasn't available, right? He wasn't available at the time. So no, nah, I'm with you, bro. Like honestly, it's funny that you say that because when I first heard the Cam Taylor Britt thing happen when they traded up, I thought that they were gonna take Drake Jackson. I was like, all right, Drake Jackson's there. Like, there's yeah. been a run on edges. He's like this 20 for- years old, you know. His, his right, right. Like his so I'm like, yeah. man. And they're like Cam Taylor Britt. And at first I was like, ah. But I was like, you know, not bad. Honestly, not bad. Because I was like, I remember the name. I remember him being a, a pretty solid pick. So I wasn't mad at it. And then they made up for it when they went and got my boy uh, Carter after that. So <laughs> yeah. I was I was with it for sure. The only thing I have with Taylor Britt, and like I, I did pre- – predict that on ice's show for the the, for the pre-draft so i was like oh i could take my victory lap with that one because Derek had predicted the daxton hill so i was like i'm never gonna hear the end of that so it's good to get one back but where he's played corner and safety so it was like you know and we brought hill and we've got bell and we've got Bates still but i do think just with his speed athleticism his long arms 
that he's going to be an outside corner. I don't have any doubts yeah. about it, but I think that was part of the process. The initial thought. People. Everybody yeah, was yeah, like, no, yeah. you're right. You're right. Because the, the place where I pulled some data from as well, which I do like two things. So I take whatever they say he is, and then I actually take what the Bengals say each player is, right? And so at first right. I was freaking out because it said safety. But uh, <laughs> in my side, it said DB. It was like he could play corner. He's got the size to play all of that. Then I dug more into it. And like you said, I looked and saw like, all right, he's had enough snaps at, at corner for him to actually play corner. But yeah, it at first did seem like, another safety it really almost not to say that it was the same thing because these guys were bust but it almost seemed like the year of 2015 when they take Cedric Obwehi and it's like all right offensive yeah, tackle like guys a little too early you know instead of offensive tackle like we have wit and we have uh said and then they come back again and it's like Jake Fisher it's like offensive tackle again yeah. it almost was was that until people realized that no this guy can is definitely mostly a corner that can play yep. safety, but yeah, it's and not he's like going to compete with Eli to be corner two right off the bat. And it never hurts Facts. to have depth. Like that's, it's, it's a good pick, you know, it's just sometimes that initial shock. And that's why it's always like, I try to say less, right. <laughs> right. When right. it first happens, unless it's somebody that, like a Dax Hill, that's just like, Oh shit, that's the best player available. Let's go. Right. You know, fourth round. That's another one. I try to keep my mouth shut as much as possible on Volson. I still got some people. I just, I had him rated as a six rounder. I rated him as a tackle. Once Bro, again, because he's six. I six, had to go back he was listed to at six seven when I scouted him last year because right. I thought he would come out because he's a very mm -hmm. older senior. Like he went back for maybe a sixth year or something with the extra year eligibility. So I had him last year, scouted him a little bit, and I'm like, this guy's listed at six seven. He's got to play tackle. Like he's right. too, you know, he's too big and plays too, too upright. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that leverage against guys like Donald is what worried me. Right. No, I'm with I you, bro. Pick, I, though. I just, you know, that's yeah. my concerns. And, and I hated picking a tackle and then moving him to guard because we just did that last year. I was more wanting like a an actual guard to compete at left guard. Yeah, if we're talking about them? like draft reactions, like knee-jerk reactions, I felt like that was the worst pick of the draft initially. I was just like, what are they doing? Like, especially – with Kennard, who was a guy that was available, a guy that by all metrics, if you looked around PFF, this guy had an elite three-year average. Like he could easily play that. He had the athleticism to play there. And I just did not expect them to take that guy. Like I had to go back. He was not on my prime board at all because what I did was I filtered out. I had like 500 guys in the raw data. Yeah. I filtered out, obviously, anyone that was going to be undrafted uh, and I guess he got caught up in that shuffle. I'm not saying that he was supposed to be undrafted, but he just kind of got caught right. up in that. Yeah. So I had to go back to the raw data and look at like the wingspan, look at, you know, his age, like you said, look at his arm length. And I was like, all right, but just like you, like you said, like they kind of put a cap on how tall guys are that play guard. And that's the only thing that worries me. Yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Michael Jordan was a guy that was kind of tall as well. That was one of yeah. the things that kind of he messed was. up his he was, uh He was 6'6", six, six, just like this guy. Yeah, like a, bro. So Like a legit 6'6", six, six, a little over. But, and that was the thing for me, like to take that guy over a guy that, you know, dominated in the SEC, was from yeah. Ohio, right? Uh, well, I just was kind of flabbergasted, but – but then I'm just like, I'll just trust the process. You know, yeah, I, I never same. played offensive line. I respect offensive line. I know how important it is, but I'm not going to act like I am an offensive line expert. 
Right. Uh, so I'm just hoping that Frank Pollock and those guys just know something that we don't when it comes yeah. to this guy. And, and I mean, he might, you know, he might just be one of those mean, nasty guys. And we saw how much we improved the line and like just that, that other competition we'll see. Like, that's why I don't want to hate on. And once he's a Bengal, it's like, Hey, I hope he's a Hall yeah. of Famer, but exactly. I can only do knee jerk reactions with the draft. And like, that's one that I thought based on where we had him and a lot of other people that it was kind of a reach, but you know, other than that, I hope he crushes it now. He's on our squad. So, right. For sure. For sure. And, then, and I, I think uh, that was a one. Didn't they trade up for him? Was he? No, or that was, was that the, the next safety? one. That was, uh, that's what okay, I was Okay, so I'll say it. this. Even though if I'm going to use the whole thing for the Zach Carter, I guess I got to use it for this guy too because maybe it's a fifth just because it's a couple of picks before the fifth round. Uh, but, you know, maybe that's another way to look at it. But like you said, once you're a bingo, once you're in stripes, I'm going to support you. Yeah. I'm going to hope for the best. And it is what it is. Like, we'll see three years from now because there's plenty of guys that went in this range, like Clint Bowling, that ended up being pretty good players. Yeah, for sure. But he came from Georgia and was supposed to be a second-round pick. Yes. I don't yes. know. So I saw some some similarities with some other guys there. But we'll find out in a few years. So, I, but uh, And I was also – I kind of had my heart set on uh, Calvin Austin the third from Memphis sure. to give us a little return juice and stuff like sure. that. Um, then he went to the Steelers, so it's like, I hate that guy now. No offense, but <laughs> personally, but I can't root for you, man. <laughs> yeah, man, I wanted Pickens and Calvin Austin the third. I, I thought definitely that we'd be able to get a receiver. And when that did not happen, I was kind of like, okay, but I yeah. think that they have a plan. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then Anderson that we talked about from Toledo traded up for so I had him rated as a third, fourth round guy. So I was happy with it. Like I was kind of like, initially it's like, Oh, another safety. I don't know about that. But then I'm like, but he's good. And he, I remember like he plays all special teams. Like Dane Brugler was all over that. He's a very smart, like uh, academically accomplished guy. Like just everything that fits our culture. Like he, Dane Brugler had him as a two-time captain. He told the media, he's actually a three-time captain. So it's like, that fits everything we want. This guy's and another four, three, six, as we see, that's our third guy with all this speed and the secondary versatility and can move around and play him everywhere, but he's going to kick ass on special teams. Yeah. I definitely have heard uh, things about him from Jake of uh, Bengals post. That's on the Cincinnati network. He actually knows the coach from Toledo and got some insight on him and just said that this guy's a hard worker um, and his best football is ahead of him. He's going to be a monster. Uh, he's just, hard-working guy he's going to bring his lunch pail every day and from what i've heard on him i think that this is a guy that you definitely should keep an eye on for sure and they and they traded up for a second time people are like what are they doing they traded up eight spots and for them that's a big trade up you know eight spots sometimes they like to do a couple spots or so but eight spots is a big trade up second trade up but i was all for it because i didn't see the holes on the roster before the draft so i said why is everyone saying we're going to trade down at 31 because right. you lose the fifth-year option, plus where are these guys going to play? So right. six draft picks to me. You gave up a sixth and a seventh. You moved up in two rounds. You got two guys you like. I, I yeah, I wasn't mad with often. it at all. Yeah. I w wasn't mad at all. And then uh, we'll, we'll get our last guy. I want to get you out of here. I've taken way too much of your time, and I apologize for that. Uh, Jeffrey nah, Gunner, already fan favorite, Coastal Carolina. The guy's all over the place on social media. Um, shout out to his mom, who I think is following the Bengals and Brews account. Seems like an awesome lady. Another shout guy who's very, like, has a lot of academic accomplishments. I think he had a degree in 
economics and I'm like, God, I hated economics in college. So <laughs> you got a degree in that. I'm like, I respect that so much. Yeah, for so, sure. I, I took an economics class, uh, getting my MBA. My wife actually is just took one now and we all do not like economics. We have that <laughs> yeah. in common. So, uh, but about Jeffrey Gunter, he was the first guy from coastal Carolina since Jerome Simpson. Right. And, I think that he is going to be a guy that brings something to that edge room uh, edge. I feel like they had to pick up in this class just as kind of an insurance policy to get some more depth behind uh, what they have in that room right now. I always felt like when we had guys um, that were at the end of the roster, like a Wyatt Ray or those guys, I always felt like we needed one more, like a Noah Spence. They had those guys and they yeah. kind of ran out once uh, they ended up getting some injuries. So I definitely think that this is a guy that's going to challenge and he's got the athletic profile that's just yeah. insane so i think that he's a guy that could definitely come in and contribute definitely one of the guys that i'll be watching during the preseason which i love i i watch the entire game just to see the end of the roster and see how these guys stack up uh, because that's when you get a really long look at them and so i'll definitely be watching him during preseason and i think that he has a legit shot to make the roster I do too. Four seven forty, like everything about the guy's athletic profile is impressive. Um, seems like an impressive kid too. Um, I know he transferred at one point, so he's a little on the older side. If somebody wanted to knock anything, and like there was a lot of those guys though between COVID and everything, there was exactly, a lot of like twenty four exactly. year olds. I yeah. saw that and I was like, man, there's a lot of twenty four year olds. Like, are my numbers right here? Like, did I get the right birthdays? Because there's a lot of twenty four year olds in this draft class. But I think between COVID and guys staying and getting that extra year, they just took advantage of it. And so I'm not even upset at that. Um, it was another thing that happened with Hayden Hurst, which is why he was so old. Because I remember looking. And I was like, Hayden Hurst just got drafted in 2018. How is this yeah. guy like almost 30? Like, what? This well, doesn't. He was a pro baseball player. Yeah. So I didn't know that part about him. So I was just like, all right, well, you know, I don't. To be, now you can kind of tell I don't really watch baseball like that, right? It's one of the. I don't either. The few I just sports. remember in his draft profile. Like, gotcha, gotcha. And I remembered him being on the Ravens. I remember them being upset, like on AFC North when they traded him. And I was just like, Hayden Hurst is out there. Like, oh, let's let's go ahead and get Hayden Hurst because Hayden Hurst is was a first round pick. So uh, when you get those guys that are twenty four, that might be the downside of it, right? But uh, right now, within uh, this window, in the, in the mid to late rounds, especially like, yeah. you know, what are you really? You're nitpicking yeah. at that point if you talk about unless it's like Brandon like Whedon or something like that. All right, <laughs> yeah. that's when but you got to work. People took him in the first <laughs> round. I was like, what are you doing? Uh, there's a guard from Baylor before too that like the Jets took. Can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he was mm -hmm. also like that. And it's like, what are you doing? First round pick. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to kind of end before plugging this, and I caught, thought maybe we could uh, you could plug everything here at the end. Mix in uh, the interview with Aditi. I thought it was phenomenal that Appreciate you guys that. did and then uh this this might not come out till after i'm pretty sure you guys had an interview with mike kelton so yes actually just, as we're I'm recording let you talk about those two things plug everything yeah. and I'll, I'll get you out of here yeah, man, Aditi is just a legend. I mean, the, the way that she was able to come on, she actually kept us on our toes. Like none of the stuff like that that was the script was stuck to in that one. Uh, but she was just a, a consummate professional. Um, she's amazing at what she does. And uh, Mike Hilton, man, I can't wait for that one tonight. 
um, as we're recording this. Um, hopefully, by the time you guys hear it, it uh, lives up to the expectations and uh, we're able to uncover some things. But I can't wait to talk to Mike Hill. And it's going to be a fun time on the Winsonetti Podcast. And if you guys are listening, please be sure to subscribe to the Winsonetti Podcast on YouTube. Um, check us out in the Apple stores. Uh, share it if you can. Leave us a review. And also be sure to support these guys here, man. Bengals and Brews. If you're not tapped in, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Don't just give them that phantom view where it's like I'm viewing, but I'm not subscribing. Give these guys the credit that they deserve. Hit that subscribe button and support the Who Day community because because of you guys, we're able to be on these platforms, speak on all of this stuff and do things that we love and just really spread uh, the knowledge and the love of Bengals Nation. Yeah, couldn't have said it better, Ace. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for joining. Um, who day? Who day?